0: finishing our six-week series in Galatians. And the title I have chosen for today is called Living in Freedom. But before we get to the scripture, a reminder of the introduction that we've had the last few weeks. Um, the, this book is actually a letter written by the Apostle Paul to all the churches in the region of Galatia, or present-day Turkey. Paul wrote this letter to the churches he planted because he heard about the local Jews living in that region coming behind him and confusing the new Gentile believers. These Christian Jews informed the churches in Galatia that they need to follow the law of Moses while also following Jesus. For example, they needed to be circumcised in order to call themselves Christians. Their message was to add a component of works. Those early Christians, many of us today, have found Jesus and freedom and grace, only to go back into not what Jesus had done for us, but we can do for ourselves. This turns the most freeing and grace-filled gospel into a deed life of following a legalistic religion, and we don't want that. But we often exchange the freedom we have in Christ with things that make us feel better about ourselves. We need to focus not on what we can do, but what Jesus has done. We need to focus not on earning God's approval, but simply receiving God's love. Week one was titled Living in the Right Tree. Week one was all about living either in freedom or in burden. Do you follow Jesus and obey God because you want to? Or do you obey because you have to? One brings life, the other brings burden to your walk of faith. Week two, living the crucified life. This is all about living the crucified life, which basically means less of us and more of God and Jesus. Week three, living in grace. Week three was about living in grace. What is grace? Grace is a free gift that is received, not earned. Grace is available to everyone, but only comes through Christ and extends throughout eternity. Week four, living in relationship with God. Focused on the difference between slave and the son. These are the two ways you approach relationship with God. A slave has a master. A son has a father. A slave has an employee. A son is an heir. A slave is driven by duty. A son is driven by devotion. And last week, living by the Spirit... It was about living by the spirit and not walking in the flesh. Your flesh and my flesh wants bondage, but the spirit wants freedom. Your flesh produces doubt, but the spirit produces faith. Your flesh produces religion, but the spirit produces relationships. Religion says how I act is more important than who I know. Your flesh produces legalism, but the spirit produces grace let us pray father God we thank you for this day we thank you for your word we thank you that we can come together here in this school or online or anywhere else and worship you and hear the word that you have given us today father God and Holy Spirit clear our thoughts and our minds of this world And Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart may be pleasing to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to say something up front about what Galatians chapter 6 really hit me. Two words had really hit me. And I know we're finishing this series, but I could not keep my focus off these two words. The Holy Spirit is just continually hitting me with these two words, and these words are eternal life, and we'll get into that more. Again, today's message is living in freedom. To start, we have to know what freedom is. This is found in Galatians six fourteen. As I read, "May I never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world." Paul is showing us that his life is not centered on a code or law, but on the person of Jesus Christ. He has freedom through his relationship with Jesus. Some Christians, especially new believers, try to earn something that has been given to them. They think, I'm going to read my Bible the most to try to live up to something or to the standards. This can lead to a lot of frustrations, and maybe many of you have seen that. But God wants us to walk in freedom by loving him first, rather than trying to earn his approval. The statement of freedom is basically this, I don't have to, I get to. This is what freedom looks like. I don't have to read my Bible, but I get to. I don't have to go to church, but I get to. So Galatians 6.8 reads, For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Think about that again. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So basically, the first point that I'm talking about this morning is we need to look at what freedom is not. And so we can start by verse 3. I'm not, we can read it real quickly. It's not on the screen. But for anyone who thinks that he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. This is walking in the flesh. This is not freedom. In other words, you're very prideful about who you are. You take yourself first and others are pushed away. You are not a humble person. That's what the flesh does. It takes you away from the grace of God and puts you in a different position. And in verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. By living in the flesh, one can be deceived, right? We have many people here in America and unfortunately in some churches around the world that are deceived. We have theologians, we have people in seminaries that are not teaching the proper word of God so that people can be deceived outside of the church and even within the church. What can we always say? Go to scripture. What does scripture say? By living in the fresh, we see that God is mocked, is he not? Do we see that today in America and the world that God is mocked? We absolutely do. Many people say that God is not real, but I'm telling you, he is real. We see that God is not truth. And in America today, in postmodernism, what I say is truth, what somebody say out there is truth. They're mocking God by saying that they have their own truth. And many people say that we know that coming through Jesus Christ is the way to heaven and to God. But other people say what? No, there's other ways to heaven. That is wrong. Don't follow those people. Mocking God is intentionally not living to the standards that he has set forth in Scripture. And also not by believing in his son, Jesus Christ. People mock Jesus. A while back I preached and we talked about what? Just because of Jesus' name, we're going to be hated. We need to get used to that at some point. In verse 8, which I just read here shortly ago, we see flesh versus spirit. This is a battle that's going on. It happens with each of us. Even after we are saved, we have a spiritual battle. That's why we need the armor of God. It is a strong struggle. And sometimes that we see in our friends and other people, if they are on the verge of accepting Jesus Christ, there's that battle. You can see it. Because what happens is, I've mainly seen it in the youth group many years ago. You got a kid coming to youth group on Sunday nights, right? And they're believing what the pastor says and they're worshiping and they're praying. But guess what? The world has got them by the collar going this way, but the spirit's pulling them this way. That's reality. So sows and reap is an agriculture principle that is used as a metaphor to the moral and spiritual realm. Souls to his own flesh means pandering to evil desires, and the outcome is corruption, right? We see a lot of corruption in our world. Basically, what I'm going to narrow it down to in this verse 8 is, right, the flesh is not of God, but the spirit is of God in Jesus Christ. So here is the split across what we believe and what we teach In Christianity, there's a heaven and then there's a hell. There's nothing in between. You don't go to some place for I don't know how many years and have people pay enough penance to get you to heaven. That's not the case. That's it. When we pass away, it's either heaven or hell. So it doesn't say heaven or hell in here, but eternal life is heaven. we got to recognize that. Now for the good news that we'll be talking about. Now we turn to what freedom is. In verse 1, we see that it talks about restoring a brother or sister in Christ gently that has done something wrong, according to the Scriptures, who has sinned a certain way. We do see that once in a while. And I'm telling you what, it's okay. Because we, have, we are a bunch of believers, and especially the elders and the pastors, if they come to you and they see something going on in your life, we will do it gently because we see a pattern. It's not to shame you, it's to help you with your walk in faith. And when we see the phrase we are to diligently look at ourselves that we will not be tempted, take precautions not to be tempted. Do that. How do we do that? Being in fellowship with each other. Find friends and people that you know that have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know sometimes that's hard, especially in the workspace. It is difficult. But being in the word, being in prayer, being in small group, being here on Sundays, helping out. And verse 2, it continues, it talks about bear one another's burdens. Burdens are those with heavy loads that one cannot bear alone. To bear is carrying something with endurance. Lifting of burdens can take some time to get rid of that burden. And this happens in a church. Many of us have had burdens in our life. Have we not? Maybe some of you right here have had burdens. But you know what? The fellowship of believers in this church is there to help, to carry with those burdens. And if you have burdens that you are not sharing, I, I, I plead with you, share it with somebody. And also, accept that burden. Be with them. Because sometimes what happens, the burden, and that, it's patience. It could be long-going, ongoing. It can take some time. Again, when we are believers in Jesus Christ, our desire is to help people. And also at that point, when somebody asks you for help, take that help. And looking at verse four, we need to examine your work and my work. In other words, believers must be sure that they are aligned with God. Is the work that we do outside or inside the church is pleasing to God? It's not a works' salvation. Don't get me that. It is not a work's salvation. But we serve a holy God. He is awesome. He could be fearful, but fearful not in a crouching way that we're scared of him. He loves us. But he will discipline us at times, as we see in Hebrews. And at verse 5, Bear one load is the everyday life obligations and a calling of ministry in a local church. We have obligations outside of the church and inside of the church, do we not? Right? Sometimes many people have lots of obligations, right? Church, kids, job, family, relatives, you name it, right? And we have obligations to what? Pay the mortgage and all that kind of stuff. But when we do that, we got to make sure the best that we can that we are meeting those obligations. And we say yes to an obligation. That means we are going to do that obligation. If I say to Jason, I said, hey, I'm going to help you right along, in his mind, he better think, I'm going to, he's going to be with me through the end with that obligation. Remember that. Bear one load. In verse 6. We see in verse 6, it can mean sharing material items, which it can be, and it is, with others, but in light of this context, also it is a spiritual and moral excellent things of what believers line themselves with God, right? When, when people are in need of, of material things, we're right there. And I'm telling you right now, church, you are doing an exceptional job because what we have seen this past week with the passing of Evan, the church has what? Come together and has served them through meals, through prayer, through hugs, whatever it is, they know they are loved. And we had a surprise yesterday when we put the wood, cutting up the wood, Sean was there. You're talking about a great time with a a man of God, showing tears, us praying for him, giving him a hug. That's what people who love Jesus Christ do for each other. That's what we do. We care for each other. Not just a superficial care, but a deep, groaning care. And in verse 10, do good to all people that we come in contact with. Right? In the church, outside of the church, with our co-workers. Even those that we do not know. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've experienced in my walk with the Lord that sometimes the Holy Spirit will pin me for somebody looking at that person. This happened to me at Walmart not that long ago. Rick knows the person I'm talking about. Her mother is in hospice care and they found it out recently. She's not going to live. But before she told me I knew something was wrong. It was the Holy Spirit working in me. Because of my faith in Jesus Christ and know who she is, I went up to her and we talked and prayed. She needs that. And even helping with people inside Lake Point Church, we know people that are in different churches, we can help them too. Because as we're a local church, but the church in large, we're there to help everybody, wherever we're at. You never know what a chance can take care of. Many people in here have been involved in different types of ministries to help people, right? Some have been in nursing homes. Some have been, I don't know, even at schools, reading Reading programs, right? We have that in schools, and that's a need. We have people even during like aftermath of hurricanes or storms. What happens? Who are the first ones usually to get there? People of the faith, right? People of the faith, especially when you look at Turkey and that devastation that's has happened. Who was first there? Believers in faith were there right away. We had doctors and nurses caring for those people. And some of them outside of the church, but they were there. Again, here we do an exceptional job at Lake Point. We have that desire in us. We have that Holy Spirit pushing us for that. Now, we're going to go back to eternal life in verse 8, and we're going to be looking also at verse 14. This is where, for me, that it was so powerful that the Holy Spirit was putting on me. And right here, eternal life, this is the only spot in Galatians, I believe, that this was put in here, eternal life. And when you look at our walk with the Lord, and for those who do not believe in Jesus Christ, this is the gospel. Because we see in Galatians 6, it talks about God, Right? Do not be deceived, do not mock. He talks about Jesus Christ on the cross in verse 14. And we see the Spirit working. And when we come together or when we go to conferences, I was at a promise keeper event. I told you that before. And that's when I really came to the Lord right there. I, I trusted in God completely. I was screwing up. It took hearing the gospel, but the Spirit moving in me to receive the gospel. When we see the phrase, souls to the Spirit, is to walk by the Spirit. Like last week, right? Walk. It's our walk. It's an expression of not pride, as in the English language, it's an expression of praise. Paul glorifies and rejoices in the sacrifice in Jesus Christ, as we see in verse 14. Think about that. My favorite time of the church calendar year or in the calendar year is Easter Sunday. You know what? Christmas is good, right? I love it. We get together. We celebrate Jesus' birth. But the most important thing that I believe strongly and that we should is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because without that resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're nothing. We are absolutely nothing we would have no hope and everybody needs hope right we need hope in this world and we hear the word hope in the nation not in a jesus way of hope but material and earthly ways of hope people do need help again not only paul glorifies but he rejoices he rejoices on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Friends, along with that, Paul and we are to celebrate, rejoice, and shout praises for what Christ did on the cross. Do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Do not be ashamed as we walk out the doors and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do not be ashamed that when you share the good news of Jesus Christ, that they might walk away. Don't worry about that. It's the Holy Spirit in you. Because remember when the disciples went out, or not even that, but sometimes you see that don't worry, the Holy Spirit's going to talk through you. Amen? Has anybody experienced that? Mission trips, that happens. Even evangelism, it happens. Even during prayer time. Sometimes when you pray, something else will come into mind. You know, I believe that you can pray two prayers at one time. I've experienced that. You're praying for something to God, and all of a sudden, in the background comes somebody else's name popping up. You can do it. You can absolutely do it. I've preached up here in Minnesota, and that has happened. When I see somebody over there that needs help, I can be I'll be praying. The Holy Spirit will take over and have me preach and pray at the same time. Because they need that. They really, really need that. Again, Jesus died for our sins. Let me ask you this morning before I go to other two other scriptures before I close out here. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross? Do you believe that Jesus arose from the dead? Like we talked about earlier, if you do not have faith in Jesus, do not leave here without that faith in Jesus Christ. Because we don't know when we're going to leave this earth. Only God knows. Like I was telling the kids the opportunity to teach them two two or three weeks ago, I said, when you leave here, something might happen to you. Are you going to be saved? Are you saved? Do you believe in Jesus Christ that when something happens to you, that you will be going to heaven? And that's the most important question that you and I got to look at. I know I'm saved. If I walk out of these doors and something happens to me, I'm in heaven. I'll miss my family, but you know what? Jesus and God is first in our lives. We have to approach it that way. We need to. Because we're living in a world that they don't care about God. They don't care about the word of God. They don't care about Christianity. They care about themselves. When you leave here, I hope you're giving praises to God for what he has done in each of our lives. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as they rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. By grace. And then looking at Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14, I think one of my favorite verses ever. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is a first installment of our inheritance in regard to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of of his glory. When we receive Jesus Christ, God owns us. He takes us possession, and nobody can ever take that away. Nobody. The government can't take that away. I can't take. Nobody can take it away. Once you're sealed, you are sealed. Amen to that. Amen. And living in freedom as some of these verses that we talked to because living in freedom. It frees us from works righteousness. It frees us from, oh, I got to do it because I got to do it. We do it because we care. We have that desire in us. We do. I, brothers and sisters and friends, I just hope and pray that when you leave here that you think about the good news of Jesus Christ, that we want to share with people not only our love, but we want to care for people. We really do. And I'm telling you what, as I look at the world, there's revivals that are coming out. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people that don't, are not saved, that need us. Need us to care for their souls and care for whatever else they need. That's what freedom does when we think about eternal life. It's free. Let's pray. Father God, we do give you thanks and praise for today. Father, Holy Spirit, stir us this morning to go out and make disciples, to go out and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Because Father, it is needed. And God, we do not know who's going to heaven until we speak it through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. In Jesus'
1: name, amen. Hey, let's thank God for that word this morning. Thank you, Terry. Appreciate that so very much. Um, I want to encourage you this week to identify who is in sort of your sphere, your sphere of influence, your circle of influence. Uh, Each and every one of you have the opportunity uh, to identify who is in those circles of of your life. And God has given you people. Um, and, And what you can do is you can look at the people around you and uh, you can look at your places and then your passions, what you, what you desire, what you're, what you're passionate about, what, you're, what your heart longs towards. So like the people in your life, like especially those in your family, identify those, okay, that's a sphere of influence, your places, your place that you work, students, where you go to school, those kinds of things, and then your, your passions, your hobbies. Students, if you're involved in a, in a sports team or any kind of club, uh, adults, if you're in uh, any, any kind of other group, or if you you know hunting team or fishing team or of those kinds of things, identify your sphere of influence, okay, and then um, ask the Lord, how can I meet them at their need? How can I meet them at their need? Lord, open my eyes to see what their needs are, and then point them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. That's that's our that's our purpose statement at Lake Point Church. We point people to Jesus. So point people to Jesus, don't just go alongside them and, and, and never really have the opportunity, uh, you have the opportunity, but don't take the opportunity to, to point them to, to Jesus, you want, you want to obey and say, God, show me what I can do to point them to Jesus. So identify your sphere of influence, meet them at their need, point them uh, to Jesus. I love this verse in, um, in Galatians 6, Verse nine. In fact, this is a, this is a verse that the, that the Lord gave me as pastor uh, for our church. And, um, and for those who get my emails, uh, this is a lot of times I think in my emails. It says this, 6-9. Uh, we must not get tired of doing good. We will receive a harvest uh, of eternal life at the right time. So don't give up on doing good, never give up. Keep striving, moving ahead. Look at those people, the sphere of influence, at your places and, and your passions and your hobbies, and then point them to Jesus. Don't get tired of that. We want to keep pressing on. We also have an opportunity this week just to continue to, um, to surround the family with our prayers. As, uh, as most of you know by now, uh, the Smith family uh, suffered a great loss. Um, Shannon Smith is our children's ministry director, and Sean Smith is one of our elders, and, one of their sons, uh, Evan, was involved in a horrific accident, motorcycle accident. And uh, Suzanne and I were able to uh, go to them, uh, meet them at the hospital, and just such tragedy uh, with that. Um, for, if you receive their emails, you'll, you'll know, we'll, we'll send out a reminder, but this Tuesday is the, um, is the viewing at Owen's Funeral Home, and then uh, Wednesday is the, um, is the funeral the service, the celebration of eternal life is what we're calling it uh, there at, um, at Owen's on Wednesday. Um, what I love about Evan's story, um, and Evan, Evan was in our youth group. He went on mission trips, went to camps. It, not too long ago, I believe in our last uh, baptism ceremony, Evan was baptized. He gave his life to Jesus. He stood there, and, um, and I asked him this question, have you ever accepted Jesus? He said, Yes. And uh, so we're so, um, we're just so excited for his eternal life, and we're going to see him uh, one day in heaven. And, and mom and dad can hang on that. That's where their hope is. Even though they are, they're, they're facing lots of, of hurt by missing him, just continue to lift them in your prayer. Also, be in, uh, be in prayer for Suzanne and I. We fly out uh, later this evening to Houston, Texas. My uh, grandmother passed away, and Suddenly, uh, and so we're we're going to do that. So her funeral is on Tuesday. And then I'm coming back, and I'm officiating Evans' funeral on Wednesday. Uh, so just be in prayer for us. Lots of uh, lots of things. is pray for God for protection and for strength, um, and just for for wisdom. I'd greatly appreciate that. But please lift up the Smith family this week. In fact, as we close, we're gonna we're gonna do that um, here right now. Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, that you take. Sean and Shanna and the entire family. Lord, you surround them with your comfort, your peace. Lord, just move in close to them, Lord. Um, Lord, you've surrounded them with so many loving friends and, and church family members. And Lord, we're going to do our best to just continue to minister to them. But Lord, nobody can do the work like the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, just move in close. And God, we just thank you for so many great stories that you have, that you shared with them, Even things they may have missed in the last few days, days of his life that just sort of confirms, Lord, that this, that you are you with him and that, that you're with them right now. And I pray, Father, that you just, you do a work. And I pray, Lord, that there's anyone who is far away from you who knew Evan I pray, Lord, that this right here draws them closer to you, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you do incredible work in their life and their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Sunday, next Sunday, big, big Sunday, breakfast Sunday, baptism. We're baptizing like nine people here. And and to start a new sermon series, it's going to be very exciting. So you don't want to miss out on that. Uh, We love you guys, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much. Still making trophies out of us